Welcome to Tantra Talks. This podcast is brought to you by Tantra Labs and hosted by Tantra CTO Russell LaCour and Creative Director Brecky Von Bitcoin. Please note, all opinions expressed by Brecky, Russell, or their guests on this podcast are solely their own and do not reflect the opinions of Tantra Labs, Inc. You should not treat any opinion expressed by Brecky, Russell, or their guests as a specific inducement to make a particular investment or follow a particular strategy, but only as an expression of their opinions. This podcast is for informational and entertainment purposes only. Do you want to earn interest on your Bitcoin? Tantra Labs has the highest performing return on debt in Bitcoin. To find out more about how we have delivered the highest return in the market, feel free to reach out to us via Twitter, Medium, or the contact link available in the show notes. Now back to the show. <laughs> but I, I looked at myself in the mirror and I looked good as usual. <laughs> uh, man, I'm glad I got that on recording. Anyway, folks, we are back and Russell is back from the bathroom. He <laughs> washed his hands and he looked at himself in the mirror and apparently he looks good as usual. Yeah. yeah but hairline receding as usual. Lucky for you, you don't have to see him. That, that, that son in Puerto Rico is doing him well. I think... I think Russell's of that that uh, complexion where no matter how much sun he gets, he still looks a little, little vampire-like. Maybe not. I don't know. <laughs> no, 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 no. That's not true. I will get tan. My problem is the last four years of my life have been devoted to the computer. Uh, <laughs> You're a code I, vampire. Yeah. At some point, if I go outside or if they develop computer monitors that also tan you while you work on them, uh, I will be tan again. Wow. That's... Not a bad idea. I think you might, you'll end up looking kind of Reddit red or uh, <laughs> a little uh, orange. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, to tell you the truth, I think you would just lose your eyesight. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of lights, I'm waiting on something right now. I'm very excited about. I think it's arriving today or tomorrow. It's a UVC light that's portable, and basically, it's like it's probably stronger than what's in a tanning bed, but uh, you can kind of hold it over surfaces and you got to wear glasses while you do it. And it just kills everything, viruses, bacteria, everything. Oh, you can like, you can put it in like a, a shoe box, let's say, and then put your phone in there for a few minutes. It'll disinfect your phone. Like it'll do everything. So, oh. I've heard of that. That's actually yeah. amazing technology. Um, yeah. yeah. You could pretty much de- sanitize any place with that. Yeah, they have they have ones that are that are larger that are like a a freestanding like floor lamp. And with those, what they do is uh, you put it in the middle of a room. It usually comes with a remote control. You walk out of the room, you turn it on with the remote control, you run it for like an hour, turn it off, let it sit for an hour, let the kind of UV radiation dissipate, and then the whole room is uh, clear of like all. Like microorganisms, basically. Yeah, sure. like it's what they use at uh, hospitals to disinfect rooms. Yeah. Wow. It's, it's, That's that incredible. Was, that was a little intense for me, so I went with the handheld handheld model. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, hey, I mean, to even have that nowadays, I mean, who would have ever thought that, that we would need something like that? Yeah. Well, uh, well, Jason's just going to keep it next to the the tissue and the lotion bottle. I don't know. Shut that up, Russell. <laughs> Well, why would I? Why would I do that? 
You know, I didn't have connection for two and a half weeks, so I was not hearing any of what was happening. And it was really quite wonderful. Um, <laughs> and then sure. when I hear this stuff and and I get these thoughts, like I was I was under the impression if you had this virus, you have antibodies for this virus now, that you could cure a person with the virus. Is that true? Uh, they're test. They're testing that. it. Yeah, they're not sure, but they're testing it. it so. It's just it's one of the possibilities. We're we're look we're we're Bitcoin experts, all right. We're not uh we're not virus experts over here. Although that being <laughs> said, they do say that Bitcoin is a mind virus, and I would agree. And uh, we are all infecting each other with the Bitcoin mind virus, and. Uh, once you're infected with the Bitcoin mind virus, you actually have antibodies to government issued fiat money. Wow. And, uh, not everyone knows like this. this. <laughs> so I'm being programmed, not even realizing that, that uh, it's a hook, line, and sinker without you even knowing you're hooked. Uh, Danielle, you've, uh, you've already fallen down the rabbit hole. There's no getting out. You may as well embrace it, spruce the place up a little bit, put in a rug, a floor lamp, whatever, you know. Oh, I'm excited. Listen, I got through that book, the first few chapters, and then I realized, wow, okay, I'm in. And, and I think, <laughs> was this a test? Like, I almost, I, I mean, did you hear me cursing you? And then, and then I got into it, and then I'm like, all right, I'm so good. Okay, thank <laughs> God I got past those first few chapters, though. I, I didn't know what what I was do, getting into at first, you know? Yeah, yeah she thought we were just making her take history class. <laughs> yeah, and I'm like, all right, building the Seguru school isn't so bad. This is history again. And then I was like, okay. But it's history that makes a lot of sense for me, for, for us to have that foundation of going forward because really it's not any different, just the time is different. What we experience in our evolution of growth it's 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 time the time has come and that's that's kind of what i my big aha moment is like now's the time just like i was telling russell in y2k i got into computers because it was the time this is the time when the market crashed in 08 i'm an entrepreneur i opened the property preservation business and I, I did phenomenal for the, for what was going on in that time. But this time, it's it's the real time for this amazing opportunity. And it's open for everyone. And it's for anyone that is willing to jump on in. It's not just for the big boys. And that's what's so enticing and so exciting for me. Because... Everybody can be, get a part of it. Everybody can have a piece of it. Let's give the folks at home a little background. Did you two meet at the ashram? Is that how it happened? Well, actually, yeah, sure. This is this is a this goes hand in hand with the first episode. So the the first episode introducing Contra Labs and how it was born. It was really born out of me taking a trip to India and you know finding myself and through that experience meeting. Uh, now a very close friend of mine, Jason, who introduced me to my current uh, co-founder in Tantra Labs. And at that same time, I met Danielle and we became very close. 
but we parted ways. So after we left the ashram, she went and lived her life. I began building Tantra. And then we went you know, Russell, to- Russell, I got to stop you. You're, you're, you're being a little cocky here, all right? You say that Tantra was born and you created it. Honestly, wasn't it Shiva who creates and destroys the universe? So really, you need to give a little thanks to, uh, to the higher beings here, okay? This wasn't you. Jason, just to let you know, it wasn't, he didn't just meet me nonchalantly. When I met him, Jason lost 10 pounds. He was sick as a dog. Uh, ah, the other Jason. Yeah, yeah. With himself. I had my son there for Rally for Rivers. He was nine years old at the time. And he wouldn't eat the Indian food, so I had to go to the mall to get pizza. And <laughs> I brought back pizza for Jason to the ashram, which is kind of against the rules, but Danielle, you know, does what she needs to, to feed Jason. And we, be, we did, we became very close. Um, mm-hmm. And, and they, you know, they are amazing. And you're right. Russell cre- went on and created this amazing company. And then we met up and it was funny because two years ago at the time that he was starting, someone was begging me to go and learn the Bitcoin industry with them. And I told them, no, I wouldn't even give them the time or day. But when I re-met, you know, reconnected with Russell and Jason in India, everything in my being said, yes, it's time. It, it just made sense. So I want to, I want to add on to your, your Lord Shiva comment. Um, Cause it's, it, it's funny the way that it all works out. And Danielle has a wonderful way of putting it is that when it's time and when you're in the right mode of consciousness, you can hook into what's necessary. And for me, when I, when we started this company two years ago, everything in my life had led up to this. I already knew about Bitcoin. I was already doing algorithmic trading. I had already started a few companies. I was just getting out of a company. I had enough capital to do it on my own. I was willing to take a risk. I was sick of the stock market. Like everything lined up. And then somebody was like, oh, have you have you seen Bitcoin recently? And I was like, wait, hold on. This is This is what I've been looking for. And it was reintroduced to me. And it's the same thing even for Danielle now. It's, this wasn't the first time she heard about Bitcoin. It was reintroduced to her through me. And it was the beautiful connection that happened there where not only have we been focused on this, you know, and I, I don't mean to take all the credit because by no means has this all been me. Jason, you've been a huge part of this and I'm <laughs> extremely thankful to you for everything that you've done. And as we've built out this product, it's been around saving people and helping people understand what this new paradigm is and trying to get them exposed to it. And so meeting Danielle again and saying to Danielle, like, look, (laughs) I understand why you're skeptical. I was too, but hear me out. This is the truth of it. This is what it really is and how it can help save the world. And I, I think that she sees that now more than ever. And that's really why she wants to get involved, why I'm really excited to have her on board. And I hope that we're able to do, I know that we will do amazing things, all of us together in helping usher in this new financial paradigm. Ooh, fired up, Russell. Fired up. This is a game changer, Russell. This changes it all. Like you have, we have an opportunity here 
to really level out this playing field that has never been leveled for, for humanity. It's yeah. a, it's a huge undertaking, but it's a huge opportunity. And, and, and we have the tools and I know I have energy, an unamount, like un, universal amount of energy that I can pour into your salespeople that can build them up and, and, we can really get people on board really effortlessly. I I mean, I'm not saying it's going to be all easy, but it's going to be easier than right. it was in the past. It's going to be a flowing thing where people are going to want, they're thirsty. People are going to be right. thirsty for something new. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. That's true. And Bitcoin is one of those things where, it's good for all people involved. I mean, if you're, you know, a, a degenerate day trader, that's, you know, that's that's on you. That's a different story. But if you're looking at Bitcoin as sound money as a way to, you know, pave the path to a brighter future, then it, it really does benefit everyone. And, you know, that's yeah. something like that is hard not to be excited about. And and it's exciting because, you know, again, I just in my own background, you know, I can sell an Eskimo an ice cube. I can sell you a paper bag and make you feel great about it, and you don't even know why you bought it. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not going to fool you. I can convince you on doing what something that you had no intentions on doing. I I I can do that. But is it the right thing to do? And I'm really my ethics is I only do the right thing. You know, um, the company I opened, the property preservation company, at that time, it was essential that I make money to save my house and feed my family. I was a real estate broker agent, and you couldn't sell a house for anything in 2008. It was crashed. So what am I to do? I did. I opened the property preservation, and I went to work for the banks for foreclosures. But with that, I watched thousands of people lose their homes that they worked so hard for with no relief from the banks and they just cashed in. Yeah. And and it ate at my soul. Bitcoin gives everybody an opportunity for this amazing opportunity to flourish and thrive for all people. How could I not want a piece of that? How could I not want to jump aboard? Right, and how could you not want to tell other people about it? Oh, I, I, I'd have the biggest mouth. You wait. I mean, <laughs> it, it, it's, it's not something when you find something out that could enhance another's life. There's no yeah. greater gift that you can give someone. No monetary money can give that gift. You know, it's not what you make; it's what you do, and by giving people this opportunity and educating them on, on what it truly is. You know, I think the first thing is getting over the fact that unfortunately, like I was, I already made up my mind before I knew what I was talking about or like, <laughs> like, yeah. Oh no, I don't want Bitcoin. Are you out of your mind? That's not real money. I mean, right. I remember <laughs> telling this girl like, Oh, she's like, yeah, but you're great. Well, that's great. I'm great, but I don't want to take advantage of people. Right. Yeah. Because that's my perception. I was closed to it. When Russell said it, there's a certain amount of trust with me and Russell 
that if this, if he's doing it, I need to look at what he's doing right now. Because I know yeah. his ethics. I know his, his soul. I can read that. And if and he's doing it, it's something really good. Let me see. And everything in my being said, it's time. You know, and that's the, the other thing about Bitcoin is that, you know, there are so many different spokespeople for Bitcoin. You know, there's no there's no Bitcoin company. There's no CEO of Bitcoin. No one runs it, right? It's a collective, uh, you know, it's the collective that runs it. And so part of what, what I love about it is that there are people get so passionate about it and they speak from the heart and everyone can be a spokesperson for Bitcoin. You know, I am, you are now, Russell is, you know, and the way that this thing really, really catches on is people like us and the listeners at home and everyone going out and talking to people because, you know, when someone you trust tells you about something and and, and explains how important it is to them, you know, you're going to listen. You're going to listen more than you do to some talking head on TV or, you know, to, to anybody really. Yeah, it can it can be scary and it it can be a little overwhelming to say, oh, you know, how do I trust this thing that I don't understand? But then, you know, you can also at, turn around and ask that person, well, you know, do you understand how the current monetary system works? And, you know, when you get them to realize that, oh, shit, I don't understand that either. <laughs> That's what I loved about that book, because when they're talking about, OK, I give a big rock and you have a rock and we trade the rock for this. It's like, okay, this is how we started, you know? Yep. And then we went to gold and silver and we had this this shiny piece of gold. And then you took the gold and went to money that was, how did people make that transition? Like we said earlier, well, this is just the next thing. And people are used to using the internet now to get their groceries and toilet paper, how could they yeah. not be more comfortable with knowing that their money is secured in a way that it can be recovered in a, in the code? Like, it doesn't just disappear. Exactly. Well, I think there's a, there's a great thing in there, too, that you guys were just talking about, which is if you took someone... So a lot of people have, like Danielle, you were saying, you had preconceived notions that already said to you, no, Bitcoin doesn't work. But at the same time, if, if somebody were to ask you, okay, well, then how does the U.S. dollar work? You wouldn't have necessarily been able to write a dissertation on it. And so if you said to someone, okay, let me explain to you how your current monetary policy works. And then let me explain to you how Bitcoin works. I would argue that by the end of those explanations, they would go, holy shit, why are we not already using Bitcoin? And isn't that the truth, Russell? Because again, when you... When you, what you just said was so profound, because if you actually look at how money is today and how it's not even real money, it's just us punching numbers into a computer. Like yeah. when you buy a house and you get a mortgage, you're not, they're not saying here's <laughs> the mortgage, have a great day, yeah. now go buy your house. They just yeah. literally say, okay, now you owe me this money. Yep. And you're going to give me this much interest on this money that I didn't even really give you. <laughs> yep. Yeah. And we buy into this. I don't understand what's wrong with us. 
it's crazy. <laughs> and, and money, and that's the, the craziest thing is what the, is how short our memories are. You know, like I talked to my dad about this a lot and he grew up in the, he grew up in the sixties. So, you know, let's say he was a teenager in the seventies, you know, the dollar didn't become what it is until I think 1970 or 71. Yeah. You know? Like it hasn't, it, it's, this is all very recent. Like fiat money, as we know it today, is also an experiment, you know? And if you look at the history of fiat monies, they, I think this is the longest it's gone on, but they don't last this long. They don't usually last this long because humans give in to greed. They print more money or they clip the coins. They, they try to spread it thinner and thinner and thinner. And then it fails. The time is now for this to really switch off with what's going on in the world. Listen, Jason, I'm I'm with your dad. I'm an oldie, not an old oldie, but <laughs> I, I'm born in '67, so I was still a baby in a sense. '71 when it happened, but I remember in '80 when it the '80s where it bursted, and we mm-hmm. were like lower middle class. We ended up being upper middle class, almost wealthy now. Moved into a rich house, like. I I lived that American dream with my parents. I watched them with it, you know? Mm-hmm. Um and yeah, it's what what we're seeing now, it's time for this new system to be introduced in in such a way where we start really spreading the word and getting people to look at what you just said with the money. Because when you look at it and you see it and say it, you go, holy God, what the hell's wrong with us? Why are yeah. we all screaming? Now, I mentioned to Russell, I, I, I don't know, um, but I feel like I know m- having people buy things like doing a service for the Bitcoin, right? Mental health, I told Russell earlier, people are going to need a lot of help getting through what we're going through. I know Bitcoin is like you you buy things with Bitcoin, right? Is there anything you can think of that we could do something where you can create something that people can get a service for this Bitcoin and create it? She's talking about like donating so that people can get mental health services or for them to pay. Using Bitcoin. Yeah. Well, I think that's kind of on the individual person, you know, like if you know someone who's a, uh, psychiatrist and, uh, you know, or any service really, you know, you can, you can, it's actually pretty easy to start accepting Bitcoin these days, but you know, you kind of have to get the, get your customers over the hump too, in some, in some cases. And, you know, I know plenty of business owners who are, who are Bitcoiners and what some of them will do is that they might put a sign up at their store or now online that says, you know, if you're willing to pay in Bitcoin, I'll give you a discount because that's how important it is to me. Um, and sometimes that, that works, you know, if people can, if, if you can incentivize people. Yeah. I'm thinking of, it's like, you know, like, you know how, like, well, you're not, a, uh, Jason, you're not a meditator. You don't, you've never done, you've never met I, a It's, it, I haven't met him, but I, I'm a former meditator. I, uh, I'm not on the train at the moment, but I, I keep okay, kicking no, myself. That's I, fine. I just I tapped into you and I'm not supposed to do that, but I did. Um, <laughs> Okay, so basically, it, it it's it's kind of like when you get on a train like that, or when you when you how do I say this? I'm trying to come up with a, a way of uh, explaining what my thought was here. It's kind of like 
everybody's going to need some type of support to get out of their their monkey mind. Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, and in order to get this webinar, you have to purchase a Bitcoin to buy in, to get in. Mm-hmm. It gets it would motivate a person to say, "Well, I need a Bitcoin because I want to get into that seminar." You're saying where they don't like a service where you can attend as long as you own a Bitcoin. You don't need to pay a Bitcoin, but you just need to own one, something like that. Yeah, it's like it's almost like if I'm gonna if I'm gonna support people, like you know how Suguru every day at set at six thirty or seven thirty, depending on where you are, is online for free. Yeah. Now imagine if everyone that went online contributed one Bitcoin or bought one Bitcoin. I don't care if it was a penny. Just a little bit. Sure. Yeah. So this is an interesting. So Jason, I, I think it's like the idea of a proof of keys. Like you basically have a service where you just need to say you own a certain amount and I'll give you something. And, and basically what I'm saying is it opens people up to what is this Bitcoin stuff? Right, I when you make it necessary, sure. More about it. And that's what I was trying to talk to you, Russell, yesterday about. Like this idea that keeps coming up, like the opportunity to expose millions of people to it, to educate them all in a – like I know it's almost an individual – but it's almost like you want free advertisement of people. Like, what is this? Oh, my God. The only way to do, you know what I mean? It gets people into wanting to know more. I think there are also, that, that that's one way to go about it. And I, I think that could definitely work in, in some circumstances. But there's also, it just comes down to incentivizing people, I think. You know, I don't know if Russell's mentioned this to you yet, but, you know, there are services that I use almost every day. There's one called Fold. And basically, if you buy a gift card through them, you start, you'll get a percentage back in Bitcoin. So you basically get a discount and you save the difference in Bitcoin. Or there's a website called Lolly, where if you do any online shopping, uh, if you go through them, you'll also earn a percentage back in Bitcoin. You know, like there are ways to get people on board that don't change their normal habits too much in the beginning, you know, it works with the, the incentives and the, and their, um, kind of desires that they already have, you know, like that's if what you were, I was talking about. So they already yeah. have these incentives. Okay. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that. I, and now that you said that the girl that wanted me to get into it, she gave me actually a gift card through Bitcoin for Lowe's to buy a new washer when I was watching the kids for a month. She probably used the service then. She did. Because I couldn't understand how she gave me this online and like, you know, emailed me this thing. And she's like, oh, don't worry. I use my Bitcoins. (laughs) See, and here's the funny part (laughs) is uh, back whenever she did this, I wonder how much Bitcoin she actually spent on it. Because that let's say she spent, I don't know, $100 on a gift card. That could have been, let's say this was a few years ago, you know, that could have been a thousand dollar gift card now, <laughs> which is, I don't know, just something funny to think about as the, yeah, as no, the well, price increases. It was like 500 bucks she sent me on the gift card. Yeah. And to be honest with you, me being the skeptic that I am, I was scared to go to the store mm. to cash in this bit. Like, I didn't know if it was real. <laughs> sure. 
No, like I thought it was like, I'm going to walk in. They're going to look at my email and be like, lady, so what? Someone gave you this with a barcode on it. What does that mean? Like, you know, and then it worked. And I was like, all right, I didn't get arrested for fraud. Obviously it worked, you know? And then I was like, well, maybe, you know, cause I really, I was so naive to what, what is, but now that you just explained that to me, that makes complete sense. Yeah. I mean, it, even in, it, it just takes time sometimes. If you look at the earlier days of the internet, like, I don't know about you, but like, I can remember when, when I was, how old was I? Let's say I was around 13 years old and my parents uh, trusted me with a credit card. And they said, you can spend X amount a week. It's your allowance for emergencies, for gasoline, that kind of stuff. And I remember wanting to buy something online. And I think my dad heard what I was doing. He's like, don't put your credit card information online. That's not safe. And, you know, I, at the time, it might not have been safe because it was the early days. <laughs> but, yeah. you know, the point still stands that even today, there are some folks who don't trust putting their credit card information online. Um, and sometimes it just takes time, you know, because it, it has gotten safer. But, you know, that being said, actually, you know, this is kind of a good time to almost explain something about Bitcoin in that Bitcoin is a push system, you know, unlike credit cards, a credit card allows you to pull money from someone's account. Uh, same with a debit card, you know, where you're, whereas like with a credit card, you're basically sending your Bitcoin, almost like your private key. You're sending the, the, the data that's very, very important to keep safe. You're sending it over the internet. Whereas with Bitcoin, you're not doing that. You know, you're signing the transaction, um, on your side of things and allowing the transaction to go through. Um, so it's a much different system that is inherently safer once you understand how it works. Right. Because you have to sign it to say you're okaying it. It's not like you could, yep. someone can hack in and sign for you. That's not exactly acceptable. There's only one you and that's you. Yep. Exactly. There's there's no there's no fraud in Bitcoin unless someone actually steals your the information because you weren't taking care of it properly. It's like leaving your credit card out in the, you know in the middle of a mall. You're not going to do that. Same right. way you're not going to leave your Bitcoin private keys sitting on a piece of paper in the middle of a mall. You're just not going to do that. Right. Okay. It's it's so so even in that sense that makes it so much more secure than what we use today. Exactly. I mean, although the one thing I think might be difficult for some people to grasp is that Bitcoin is also a system that necessitates personal responsibility. You know, if you send a Bitcoin transaction, if you send some Bitcoin to an address and you type the address in wrong, it's gone. There's no one to call. There's no bank you can call up and say, oops, please reverse the transaction. You know, you've sent it. Um but at the end of the day, you also control it. You know, you're with, you know, I hate to quote movies like this, but like with great power comes great responsibility. And that's what Bitcoin is. It's power to the individuals. It's conscious money. You can't unconsciously do things. Yeah. Like I've never been so uh, aware as when we're doing large Bitcoin transactions. Like when you're sending you know, millions of dollars and you could mess it up by having one number or one letter wrong. You make sure to pay absolute attention to that transaction. And there's all kinds of tools that help this process and verify that it's correct. 
and there's things that you can do like scout transactions and stuff. But the whole idea is uh, not only is the technology improving to where there are services that will help you do these things, but it's about making money more conscious for people. Because like Jason said earlier, something that takes up such a large part of our existence for us to be so unconscious about it that we don't even understand how it works to the point that we just let the government take money straight out of our pocket has to change or we we will continue to be slaves. And just like you said earlier, the government with these stimuluses packages just dug into our accounts without us really knowing. In Bitcoin, you would be so conscious of knowing what happened to my stuff. Like yep. you're aware, you're, you're much more conscious of your everyday actions. Now, could you put, um, could you put like safeties to make sure that you, you are typing the right number? You could put your, your safety checks in for yourself just so you know. So one of the ways that you can do that and what we always do is called a scout transaction. So because it's so cheap to send Bitcoin, it's, it's basically free. You can send a very small amount, like a dollar worth of Bitcoin at first to make sure that the address that you have, that whatever you're paying for, whoever you're sending to, to make sure it's correct. And then once that goes through, then you would send a larger amount. So before we do any large transaction, we always do that. Exactly. It also depends where you're sending it from. You know, like let's say, um, let's say you were buying Bitcoin from a online exchange um, some exchanges have a process called whitelisting an address, which basically means that you have to approve an address ahead of time. And you know, once it's approved, you have to maybe wait another day before you're allowed to send Bitcoin to that address. You know, and something like that basically prevents um, a you know a scammer from I don't know gaining stealing your passwords, gaining access to your account on that on that website, and then sending all the, the Bitcoin there to to yourself to the, to him him or herself. Um, like if you're operating at the, the lowest level on the, the, using the Bitcoin protocol itself, um, it doesn't have those checks built in, but depending on the service you're using and depending on how you have your own, um, kind of interaction with Bitcoin set up, you can put those, um, safeguards in place. Well, Jason, to, to speak on it more, like, because let's talk about it from like a real world retail use case. Danielle, you're familiar with like a QR code? Yes. So you can use QR codes to send Bitcoin. And QR codes, in essence, are checkable and infallible between your phones. So like if they pull up a QR code that they want you to send to, when your phone scans that, it will have the correct address on it. And so especially as the technology is built out more and more for like near field technology like how you use apple pay at the store google pay or android pay and you can just tap your phone on something you can do the same thing with bitcoin because all that's happening there is a transfer of information so when you tap and the store says their bitcoin address well you've got it right there on your phone and you can send it and you don't have to type anything in for that your phone does it for you And so those types of transactions, as the technology evolves, will become more and more. And these are where the retail use cases grow. And this is like, in large part, why we're really excited about what's called Lightning Network, which we'll talk about more on another call, but effectively speeding up the 
Bitcoin transaction rate to allow for you to check out at a store even faster than if you were using a credit card. So like a lot of times, I don't think people know this, but when you use a, a credit card at the store, it takes a few seconds to process. So Bitcoin's newest lightning network is actually instant. It's faster than a credit card transaction and cheaper. So most stores get charged anywhere from 1.5 to 3% transaction rates. The transaction on a Bitcoin lightning transaction is sub pennies. Like we're talking hundreds of cent, hundredths of a penny to send money. So all of a sudden, the store is able to save a percent, two percent, three percent on every single transaction. Why wouldn't they use Bitcoin? Why wouldn't they incentivize their customers? Because when you think about it, they get charged by the credit cards now. Yep, exactly. For the sales. I mean, American Express, a lot of people don't carry American Express because they have the highest fee. Yep. Exactly. And nowadays, I mean, so I don't want to get too much into this because there is a debate uh, between using Bitcoin for spending and for saving. Uh, I'm personally, and a lot of people are personally of the belief that at this stage of Bitcoin's adoption cycle, in terms of people adopting it, um, it's smarter to save your Bitcoin than to spend it because the value will go up astronomically. But that being said, um, the Bitcoin network with Lightning Network on top of it, there are now uh, services that allow you as a retailer, let's say, to accept Bitcoin. And when the uh, when your customer pays with Bitcoin, it'll automatically convert it to dollars for you, but you're still saving the, the, the fees that you would have saved, um, that you would have had to pay if you were using credit cards. So basically, we can use the Bitcoin, even if you don't want to accumulate Bitcoin because you're crazy or you just don't understand it, you can still use the Bitcoin network as a rail to save money. Um, and that's one way that I think, you know, we're going to see a lot more of this in the next couple of years, just because I think, you know, if you can save that three or 4% from Amex or Visa or wherever, you know, why wouldn't you do it? You'd have to be crazy not to. Absolutely. And if the people understand the fear of it, them not losing their money, um, I think that that's what it, the, the people think that Bitcoin is just going to disappear and it's going to go. Like someone can hack into it and it disappears. Everything's gone. I mean, for me, that's what I, I was like, no, man, you, you, the black web, those people are sitting there taking all your information. Who are you kidding? <laughs> like, exactly. you know, nothing's secret here. Just because it's out there, it's in the universe, it's on the waves. If someone exactly. can tap into those waves, you're done. And the thing, the other thing to remember is a lot of people will look at the news and say, oh, there was a huge Bitcoin hack. And what really happened is that, and it usually it's an exchange or some other website that is a, a tr what's called a trusted third party, and they're holding the Bitcoin for somebody else. And what happened is they're... You know, let's say they have a, if they're not using best practices, they keep a file on a computer that has all the passwords. They hack the passwords. The Bitcoin network itself has never been hacked. Actually, has it? No, I don't think it has. Um, well, and so to, to add to what Brecky's saying, that's also possible for a bank. And the federal insurance limit on a bank account is only $250,000. So, and we, we saw this in the uh, gold rush or like the run on the bank, sorry, 
where effectively there was a point in time where you try to go to the bank and withdraw money for Brecky. It was like two or three weeks ago when the coronavirus happened and the bank won't <laughs> give you money because yeah. the bank doesn't have your money. And so this, these are things that couldn't happen on Bitcoin. And to add another point on top of that, so we're talking about, you know, Bitcoin could be hacked. Well, again, guess who just hacked your bank account and took 30% out of it less than a week ago? The U.S. government. <laughs> and we voted for them to do that. Actually, sorry, we didn't vote for them to do it. They just did it. And guess who they gave the money to? Corporations that are going to fuck you just like they did in 2008 and 2009. And it's just, it's a terrible cycle. It will continue until the people realize that we can't trust them. Because at the end of the day, they're going to give banks money and people are going to default on their mortgages. And guess who gets the, to own the house? The bank does. And guess who got all the money to own the house? The bank did. And guess what the government did for you? Nothing. And because the government doesn't care. 2008, I watched over 3,000, 4,000 families lose their houses. And the banks got paid for that. Yep. And then they got the property. Yep. They walked away clean. And it it mind boggled me how many thousands of houses got ransacked, copper pipes stolen, appliances stolen. The banks didn't give it to it because they got paid from the from the bank, uh, from the bailout, yep. and they own the property. They don't care what condition it is in. They're gonna end up yep. selling it and making more money anyway. And they did. So I read something really good today that I want to share with you guys. Um, if landlords can't afford their properties without tenants, then it is the tenant providing the property, not the other way around. Wow. And so it, it's, it's a really interesting phenomenon that we're seeing happen where the rich are getting richer. And this Collapse is no different, although we will hear them complain about losing money. When the economy collapses, it is not good for poor people. It is not good for the lower class. It's not good for the middle class. It is only good for the already wealthy. And we know that. And That's why this is why I'm saying Bitcoin right now is so important, because it's making a, 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 playing, a, a playing field that everyone can play in. It's it's, yep. it's going to be where it doesn't matter who you are or what you are, you can be part of it. Welcome to the new world, folks. So we, we've converted Danielle then. Oh, yeah. No, you converted me. I, I, I still have a lot to learn. And um, I'm like I said to you, Russell, I'll be a sponge just absorbing everything I can can hear and read about and get my teeth into to sink it into me to really start spreading the word so we can get people on board. Well, that gives me an idea almost for a, for a new metaphor because like you, you can be like the sponge absorbing information and Bitcoin is the sponge absorbing all the bad fiat money that nobody wants. And, you know, sometimes, sometimes <laughs> Bitcoin contracts, you know, you got to squeeze it a little bit, but then it absorbs even more the next next time over. And that's a beautiful yep. system to be in because it's, yep. it, it's, it's going to constantly grow as it absorbs and expands and absorbs and expands. It will grow. So I, I just see it's going to blow up. Eventually it's going to blow. I, again, it's all on timing. 
and nothing comes so easy that's worth it. So I, I, I do expect some major challenges, but I do see people waking yeah. up to it. I mean, listen, I was a big skeptic. If I'm even open and talking about it like this, there's there's a lot of people that are going to bite at it now that wouldn't even look at it on their plate, like wouldn't even think about it. People are going to be open to this. I feel it. But hear that, folks? You're listening at home. You're skeptical. There's hope for you yet. Now, uh... So I, I've got some math for the skeptics that I just pulled up, too. So <laughs> right. because, because we keep talking about the stimulus package, so the government just took $2 trillion and injected it into the economy, right? There's a lot more than that happening, but we won't go into that. We're just going to stick with the $2 trillion number. There's 21 million Bitcoins in existence. So if you take 2 trillion and you divide it by 21 million, this will effectively tell you if all of Bitcoins in existence were worth $2 trillion or the money that was just printed. You guys following? Mm -hmm. That would make one Bitcoin worth $95,000. So the money that they just pulled out of thin air would effectively make one Bitcoin worth $95,000. So think about that for a second. If you can buy a Bitcoin today for six, seven thousand dollars, and the government can pull from thin air ninety-five thousand dollar Bitcoin, I think that that goes a long way to show you how undervalued this is as an asset class when we are living under government rule that will just print money to bail out corporations. Mm-hmm. Sorry, Russ. Uh, can, can you repeat that? I was I was a little busy buying some Bitcoin. I got excited there. <laughs> Yeah, uh, it's at an extreme discount right now. <laughs> it's mind blowing when you it when is. you put it, it when you put it out there like that. It it, it kind of makes one go, huh? What? Yep. Well, my my favorite one. It's you know this is purely anecdotal, but I, I I always love to say this is that, and I wasn't the first one to say this, but if you think about how, there's only 21 million bitcoiners. I mean, 21 million bitcoin, and there are more than 21 million millionaires in the world as of now. If every single one of one of them wanted to get their hands on just one Bitcoin, they wouldn't be able to. So once people wake up, there's going to be a mad dash. There's going to be a scramble. So we are we are very early, and uh, we have, as we were saying earlier, we we're, we're going to Mars and beyond, and uh, it's a bright future. So uh, yeah, it's time to jump in and 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 get yourself wet come on and swim in the pool, you know, it's going to get hot out there and you're going to want to cool off, you know? And, uh, yeah, I totally see it. It's, it's what we really need to start. Just, I think it's just educating people and, and letting them know what, what pre existing thoughts and, and perceptions that they had, put at ease. Yep, exactly. It's all about, you know, just rewiring their brains a little bit, getting them back into their natural state and, uh, you know, giving people the information that they need so that they can take advantage of this opportunity. So, and people are folks time right now. So people <laughs> yeah. are thinking yeah. a lot about their money right now. And, and I think people are prime. So I will start spreading the word. Um, and like I said, I'm, I'm really excited to be a part of your group and I can't wait to make things happen. 
with you guys. It's going to be exciting. Thank you, Danielle. We're really excited to have you. And thank you for giving us your time and energy. Oh, it's my blessing and my privilege. <laughs> I, I, I feel blessed to have the opportunity. We love it. And uh, I think I think we're, we've reached a good place to, to, to stop the podcast. It's, it's been a long rip. It's been a fun one. And uh, all you listeners, uh, you're all going to go read the Bitcoin standard and uh, read the Internet of Money. And uh, you're going to go buy some Bitcoin, hopefully. The Internet of Money was amazing. I really enjoyed it a lot. Like it was like, oh, my God, so many ahas. Like, duh. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. And then the the second, the first one you mentioned, the standards of Bitcoin, just get through the first two chapters, and then you're going to realize, oh, my God, this is amazing. Hey, Danielle, some people like history, okay? I actually love the first two chapters. Really? Oh, God. Yeah. Now, don't take this in a bad way, but you're, you're a programming geek, too? No, no. Oh, I'm a, I'm a I'm a filmmaker by background, so stories always uh, always do it oh, for me. Okay, well then that makes more sense. Okay, I was gonna yeah. say. All right, well that then that makes sense to me. Um, <laughs> all right, there's nothing wrong with it. History's wonderful. It, it kind of paves what we should and shouldn't do now. So I'm not against history. I just you know. Uh, you live in the present. You're a meditator. It's all right. Well, I live in the present, and when I need history, I can tap back into it. I don't need to carry it. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> you know? All righty, folks. Any, any last words? That's it for me. Come on in and invest in Bitcoin. Jump in the pool now. Get yourself wet. <laughs> there it is. Boom. Selenites folks. Eskimos right there. There you go. <laughs> All right, Danielle, next time we're going to have you on and you're going to you're going to do two things. You're going to sell me a paper bag because I want to hear that spiel. And then you're going to sell me on Bitcoin. And I'm excited to hear both. All right. Beautiful. <laughs> it was a pleasure talking to you and I'll speak to you soon. Sounds good. Take care, everybody. Bye. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe, consider leaving us a positive review, and sharing us with your friends. And if you'd like to earn interest on your Bitcoin, Tantra Labs has the highest performing return on debt in Bitcoin. To find out more about how we have delivered the highest return in the market, feel free to reach out to us via Twitter, Medium, or the contact link available in the show notes. Thanks for listening.